You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance into your life, go to naturalstacks.com. Oh, what's up everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. Before we jump into the introduction into the episode, just a couple of things of housekeeping. Number one, thank you for listening. We're going to the end of the year, and I really appreciate the people that listen to every single one of these episodes. Thank you guys for reaching out to me. If you would please, if you would, I'm asking and starting with this sort of ask, is if you would please give us a review on iTunes. It always massively helps. And if these are cool episodes that you feel like sharing, please share them. Click on the three dots in the lower right-hand corner and expand, and then share through text or through social media, because I think this stuff is so fucking awesome I think it's so worthwhile to share this with people because these conversations are super meaningful and super helpful. And I know you feel the same way because I know that a lot of you listen every single week. So I appreciate that. Please share this stuff. It really helps. Secondly, if you're interested at all in the work that I do, you know, by now you probably know that I have certain opinions and certain ways of approaching performance. If you're interested in learning more about how I can help you, go to seanmccormick.com. On today's episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast, we're joined by Dr. Ben Lynch, who is the author of Dirty Genes. Genes can be born dirty or merely act dirty in response to your environment, diet, or lifestyle, causing lifelong, life-threatening, and chronic health problems, including cardiovascular disease, autoimmune disorders, anxiety, depression. And in this conversation with Dr. Ben Lynch, we dig into this very topic. We talk about the different types of genes and how they work. Uh, We walk through sort of his way of thinking about how they influence each other and the things that they need by the use of this really amazing diagram. Um, If you want to check this out on YouTube to see the reference, it's also kind of fun to see, you know, he and I both talking together. Um, You can see the diagram if you check us out. It's uh, Natural Stacks YouTube channel. In this episode, we dive into all sorts of cool things. Um, Why you should stop eating and megadose vitamin D3 with K2 when you start to feel sick. One of the most important pieces of this conversation is from uh, a Instagram post that I saw of his that says, when at the first signs of feeling sick, do these things. And there's like 12 things. I've done it a couple of times and it's really successful at keeping you, uh, at staving off um, getting cold or getting sick. Uh, We talk about ways to influence and clean up your genes. We talk about how mindset influences gene expression. And at a couple points in the conversation, we really dig into some very a couple of very specific genes like COMT, MTHFR, DAO, these types of genes that, that have implications for a lot of us. This was a fascinating conversation. I totally loved it. It's got a lot of useful tools and ways to think about our genes. And uh, I know that you're going to get a lot out of it. Again, thank you so much for listening. I, 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 we, I, we really appreciate um, when you guys email, when you reach out, send me an email at sean at seanmccormick.com or sean at naturalstacks.com. And um, yeah, thank you so much. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Ben Lynch. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. And we're here with Dr. Ben Lynch, the author of Dirty Genes. Dr. Ben Lynch, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Hey. Great to be here, Sean. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. One question that I like to start with for all of my guests, especially for those that focus on nutrition, is uh, what time is it where you're where you are, and what have you put into your body today? Well, you and I are definitely the same time zone, same major city, and uh, as I heard from before we jumped on, basically neighbors, which is cool. So yeah. It, 138 according to my computer uh, in the afternoon uh, Pacific time uh, what did I put in my body this morning so far I I didn't eat until about 1130 so um, 
I had a glass of water this morning and then I had breakfast at 11.30 and that consisted of a cup and a half of goat milk, some frozen blend of organic berries, uh, organic strawberries, blueberries, blackberries, um, and then I put a scoop, uh, bear with me on this, uh, of a product called Optimal, which you would like the name of, uh, Optimal Prenatal, and it's, it's, a, it's in a uh, blend of pea and rice protein. Um, and I use that because it's a very comprehensive uh, formulation and it's just fast. And I whip it together for about 40 seconds and then I drink it. And then I've, I'm drinking electrolytes as well. And uh, that's it. Yeah, you caught me on a good day. Yeah, nice I answer. Edit. <laughs> you didn't have cake for breakfast. <laughs> no, no, I, I've, I've learned that. I, I, I do not have ever have sweets in the morning, ever. Yeah. Do you, are you um, an intermittent faster? Do you eat in a window I, or? Yeah. Absolutely. Do you eat for, do you eat for ketosis? No. Got it. No, I eat based upon what I feel I should eat at the moment. Um, you know, there's, uh, I just tune into how I'm feeling. If it's a cold, hot day, um, you know, maybe I want soup or, or maybe I'm weird and I want something cool like a, you know, a green salad. Um, but I, I always tune in to how I'm feeling at the time. I don't follow any particular diet other than I eat when I'm hungry. Um, and I never overeat. Well, no, let me backtrack. My son's birthday just occurred and we went to a steakhouse. Uh, I rarely overeat. I usually eat when I'm 80% or stop when I'm 80% full and I chew the heck out of my food. I typically don't drink much when I eat. Um, usually I don't drink anything. Um, and uh, those are kind of the rules I live by. And hopefully it's food. But it's not always food. Sometimes it's chips and crap, and you know. But uh, for the most part, it's it's good food. Just because I'm curious, um, is the reason that you don't drink hardly at all while you eat is to give yourself the opportunity to do the digestive enzymes and saliva and all that stuff? Nailed it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, I want to start just at the basic baseline level, you know, you wrote a very popular book, um, dirty genes, which, which looks at, uh, which looks at genes and specifically, um, their effect and, and how we can influence them. Can you sort of give us, uh, an idea of how we can have an influence over our genes? Well, you talked about it before we jumped on too. you know, neurolinguistic programming, you know, the, the, the words that we think, the words that we say, and the words that we hear are influencing our genes. And, you know, you've had Bruce Lipton on your show, and Bruce Lipton says it beautifully as well. It's, you know, our perception of the environment is what triggers our genes. And also the environment itself will trigger our genes, but our genes don't act usually on their own without some form of stimulus. You know, there are some genes that do act on their own, um, you know, like clock genes, but we can mess those up uh, depending on upon our circadian rhythm and travel and, and staying up late and what have you, you know, and there, there are genes that we also can't control if we inherit them, like, you know, the celiac uh, variants, which cause us, you know, an inability to tolerate any form of gluten. But for the most part, um, our genes, we are in mass control of them, you know, hair color, not really eye color, no skin color, no. Um, but you know, Overall, the majority of our genes are controlled by us. And that there are there are some major there are some core sort of factors that allow us to have some sort of influence on the way that our genes are expressed. And it sort of gets away from maybe an old paradigm at which you have these genes and you're stuck with them yeah. and they rule your life and you just gotta deal with it. Uh sort of a cop out, you know? Um what what through your book and through what you what you talk about a lot you know i've I, your your instagram is so damn informative yeah. um i really i really really enjoy it and i have kids and so i want to talk about some of the things that you've talked about in your instagram because it's fascinating but what you say is that there is there are some things that we can do um really and specifically around you know sort of these seven seven genes that, that you re refer to, but what are some other ways that we, besides th having a positive outlook and, um, and, and choosing the environment that we're in, what are some other ways that we can actually influence our gene expression so to clean them up? Well, I think a, a really, really big one 
you know, and I don't want to, you know, you, you did exclude, well, you did preface this with positive mindset and what have you, right? Which is great. And I, I really want to emphasize that. And, and, and I, I really want to say, if you're having a crappy day, you know, that, that sucks, you know, but don't dwell on the fact that you are having a crappy day because your genes have to deal with all the neurotransmitters that you are thinking about. And every time you say this sucks, you know, you're, you're, you're knocking your, these neurotransmitters even lower. And then what's going to happen is you're going to gravitate towards carbs and sweets and, and behavior that is all is going to perpetuate that. So I, I do want to say that mindset is truly everything. Um, it really is. Um, but I also also say that vitamins and minerals, you know, supplementation is, is very, very effective, extremely effective when you understand how specific genes work and then you back up and it's okay, well, that that's fine, but how do I know that works? Well, you learn. And then you, you also, once you understand how genes specifically work, you know what jobs they do. So if you do get stressed out, then you know, okay, if I get really stressed out, my dopamine, norepinephrine, and epinephrine levels skyrocket, and I need to lower them down. How do I do that? Well, breathing is a big one. Uh, magnesium is really key. Um, you know, maybe trimethylglycine or SAMe can really knock these down as well. So you can learn these things bit by bit, and I do cover a lot of this in the book, Dirty Genes. Um, so, but I, I would say the fundamentals are the most important, Sean. I mean, they're, they're not sexy, but once you, once you get past the fundamentals, then targeted supplementation can be a real game changer. Yeah. You know, um, again, before we launched in, knowing your genetic makeup is really important. Having yeah. an understanding of, of, uh, of your genes and how to think of them, how to eat for them, how to manage your activity level around them is really important. Um, I want to clue in, I want to sort of uh, focus on a couple of genes because you've, you've said a buzzword for me, which is neurotransmitters. Um, you know, can you explain to us a little bit the connection between uh, the COMT and, um, and, and neurotransmitters, especially dopamine, which we are all dopamine out. We're all dopamine crazy right now. What's the connection there? Yeah, and, and uh, before I answer that, I, I want to share one of my res uh, ladies on my research team. She shot an email today in the, in the Trello conversation card. Uh, she goes, there's a thing now in Palo Alto. Uh, it's called dopamine fasting. You ever heard of that? I've, I've just recently come across it, yeah. Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting. Um, you know, and it makes sense. So that said, you can look up dopamine fasting. I don't want to get into that. Um, but COMT is a gene uh, which stands for catechol-O-methyltransferase, and you hear catechol, okay? So gene names kind of typically tell you a little bit about what they do. So COMT is the abbreviation, thank goodness for those things. But when you understand what it, it does, it helps you. So catechol is a compound, and it, this compound is in catecholamines, which are your neurotransmitters of dopamine, norepinephrine, and epinephrine, okay? And catechols are also found in your estrogen. And when you break down estrogen, you can break down estrogen catechols. And estrogen quinones are also dealt with with COMT. Um, and then you have uh, catechols which come from green tea or, or in green tea. So that I always screw it up, like epigallican something, something catechins, I, 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 whatever that term is. Do you know what it is, Sean? No, I don't. Yeah, but it's like ECGC, right? Oh, okay. Um, you know, the green tea extract that right. a lot of people will supplement when they have cancer and what have you. Um, and then you have curcumin, which is all the rage. And these are high in catechols. So if your estrogen levels are high, if you're overweight, um, your estrogen levels are going to be higher because of that. Um, if you have a genetic variation of your COMT, which makes it work more slowly, then your dopamine levels can be higher. And then let's say you're drinking green tea and it's becoming that time of month where your estrogen levels are naturally spiking um, before your cycle. And then you're, you notice you're starting to rage a little bit more than you usually do. Well, your COMT can only do so much. You're, you're drinking green tea, which pulls in the, the catechols. Your estrogen levels are higher because it's that time of month. So it's got to process that. 
and then you're born with a, a genetic variation of your COMT, which is slower. So now your dopamine norepinephrine levels are typically or are, are higher than normal. Well, typical rather. I don't like the word normal. And let's say you're also magnesium deficient, hmm. and magnesium deficiency is prevalent. And this particular gene does need magnesium, and so you become labeled with PMS. And you're like, well, what the heck? So what do you do? Well, you, you take magnesium and a lot of evidence on that. And then you, you lose some weight to knock out some of that toxic estrogen levels. And then you can do you know deep breathing and you also reduce protein intake a little bit if you're higher protein. So people following GAPS or paleo are mowing down on the protein and tyrosine feeds into dopamine. And tyrosine comes from protein. So a simple trick is just reduce your protein intake a little bit, maybe increase a little bit more fat, maybe play with keto a little bit, maybe play with intermittent fasting, um, you know, maybe have a salad for dinner versus a big steak or chicken. You know, there's, there's little nuances which you can do. Interesting. How do you keep it all? I mean, how do you keep it all together? Cause it, it, you know, at no, huh. <laughs> I, Every right. I'll show you. Yeah, okay. let me let me show you how I keep it all together. All right. It's, it's you can't. There, <laughs> there's a really smart dude called Albert Einstein. I've heard of him. Yeah, and he he said never memorize anything you can look up. <laughs> right. It's wise. So, what I really try to do for people is I, I like to provide models, I like to provide systems, and I like to put things together. And I've done this for a long period of time, long, long, long time. So it's easy for me to rattle it all off. But in the beginning, it, I put myself through basically educational migraines where, you know, when you're really grinding on a new topic, probably kind of how you're feeling right now if you're listening, where your head is about to burst. And I, I've done that so long that it, I put a lot of things together. But when I first started, the first gene I ever worked with was MT Jafar. And then I, I thought that was the cat's meow. I think that I thought that was the thing that did everything and everything was wrong and everybody was, you know, half sick or dead or perfect because of the MTHR gene. And then I realized that there's 18,000 other ones. And so what I do, Sean, is I map stuff out. Oh, that's cool. Oh, my goodness. Look at that. Okay. So you can see dopamine on there probably. And so this is showing you how dopamine is made and eliminated and transforms to norepinephrine. And then there's things on here which influence how the genes either speed up or slow down uh, the minerals or vitamins that they need and, and you know receptors and so on and then what goes on top of that and this is all colored by the way and what goes on top of it is we're going to put if you have a genetic variation in one of these bubbles we're not going to say that this is red and you're bad or this is green and you're good that's nonsense just because you inherit a, a slower cmt doesn't mean that you're bad or that you're you're doomed for breast cancer or uterine cancer. That's that's nonsense. Um, if you've inherited an empty Jafar, it also doesn't mean that you're doomed. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to put like little uh, labels here. This is this gene might be faster. This one might be slower. This one also might be slower. So you you'll quickly be able to tell by just a quick glance hmm. on this that you say, oh, God, no wonder I'm so quick to being reactive. My neurotransmitters. All the genes that have to do with eliminating my neurotransmitters are slower. Hmm. And then the, maybe their significant other ran their genetics and they're sitting on the couch watching TV and you know their, their partner walks over and shows them their genetics and they're, they're like, damn, no wonder you sit on the couch so much. Your neurotransmitter just dumped through your genetic pathway so fast. You're just not <laughs> even thinking anything. You know? You're just lazy. Get up. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, what you're getting to there, which is at the heart of, 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 I think, relevant medicine, like the like, which is both ancient and the future of medicine, yeah. which is like to to regulate to to try to give you what you need for homeostasis, so that your body can level off and be its best. That's the core message, right? At the individual level, right? The individual level. You know, public health, you know, bless their heart, they, they're, they're trying, you know, I think. Um, you know, there, there are things out there that public health is doing that are, that are phenomenally important. You know, but mass forced vaccinations 
uh, for every resident in California? Come on, that's, that's horrible. And then all the states are trying to force vaccines on people. Well, what are they gonna do? Try to force Prozac on all of us next? And we're just gonna sit idly by and accept this? No, you know, you cannot force a vaccine uh, on people of, or flu vaccines or anything on individuals because their genetics might maybe predisposed to be very, very pro-inflammatory, or maybe they're, they're genetically fine, but they're in such a pro-inflammatory state currently, and maybe they already have a lot of aluminum or lead or mercury or, or you know, a really foul microbiome from you know, inher you know, inheriting all that from the womb of the mother who was sick, right? So now the baby is born with really dirty genes, and the first thing that happens is it gets injected. You know, and, 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 the, and their immune system is not up to par and their vitamin D levels for helping to regulate the immune system are not up to speed. Yet we're forcing vaccines on these people. And it's, it's, it's a real, real problem. And uh, we need to speak to it more. And, and there's, there's too much fear around it. And I can understand it. But, you know, I, I look at things like where, you know, I'm getting on a little tangent right now, but the government is the child and the public are the parents. And if we do not get after the government, or if we don't, you know, if, if we sit idly by, the child is gonna become more and more of a jerk and more spoiled, and they're just gonna do things whatever they want. So we need to step up. I really appreciate the fact that you brought that up. I am regarding public health. Um, um, it's, it's, a, it's near and dear to my heart. That I've never heard it described as the government is the children is because we do put those people in place. Um, the yeah. children are there; they are there to follow to follow the will of of the people. And uh, I, I also saw today that uh, that um, uh, the polio outbreak. Uh, I think it was in um, some in 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 an Asian country was caused by the pol was actually sourced back to the polio vaccination to to mm -hmm. the polio vaccine. It's, 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 it's complicated, it's tricky, but at the end of the day, what we should all be concerned about is knowing our own bodies, our own health, what works for us, and be empowered to have like sovereignty over our bodies and over our consciousness. Yes, yes, yes. hallelujah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, that, that it, you know, having the state inject things into you and your children that's just not, that's just not okay. Talk about dirty genes. That, that's, that, that's a very dirty, dirty gene. And, you know, peanut allergies when I was a kid were non-existent. You know, I mean, I, I shouldn't say non-existent. I do not recall seeing any children or friends of mine in school that, you know, you could not bring peanut butter or any of these things to school. You know, and why are kids so profoundly allergic these days you know, and I think it's because their immune system is so jacked up from the uh, adjuvants in the vaccines that if somebody has a pro-inflammatory uh, haplotype, meaning that there, you know, a lot of people talk about one gene like we did, where we talk about just COMT or we just talk about MTHFR. But what if we instead looked at our specific genes and as, as a group, as, a, as, as more of a whole. So haplotypes are a, a specific group of genes which have been passed down to you, which may or may not predispose you to maybe higher risk of vaccine injury or lower risk of vaccine injury or higher risk of bipolar or lower risk of bipolar or higher risk of you know, aspirin sensitivity or lower, you know, and so on, and, and all these different things. You know, you could be a faster uh, phase one detox person or a faster phase two. You know, it all depends. And so we need to start looking at genetics, you know, it, more than one at a time, which is why we're doing this. Because so many genetic reports just look at, here's MTHFR, you need to do this, don't do that. Here's CMT, do this, do that. Well, you need to be looking at MTHFR and then CMT and MAOA and, and looking at how these genes connect with each other and, you know, if, if when you do that and when you do it, it from the immune side of it, you know, if, if people have a pro-inflammatory uh, immune system, maybe their IL-1s and, and so on's or, and TNF-alphas or 
are really, you know, some people, you just touch them and they're just inflamed. And they take a long time for their immune system or the inflammation to drop down. Other people, you could probably whack them with a bat and they're like, no problem, you know? So, it, you know, you, you inject a, a vaccine into someone, those adjuvants are, are working hard on those genes. So, yeah. you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a very tricky deal. And, you know, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm not pro-vaccine. I am, it's, it's a personal choice, just like sexual orientation um, and, you know, just like your religion. Yeah, I'm, I, I totally agree. I, I, and I'm glad you said that. I'm not anti-vaccine either. I'm just pro-information pro awareness pro, pro choice choice yeah right you know you talked about histamine um and another cool. one of the genes that i that i wanted to cue in on um was dao um i heard you talk about um um foods that can be pro inflammatory um or or disrupt your histamines that come from outside the cell. Can you talk us through like some foods that we eat and 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 how that might affect that that one sort of main seven super seven gene? Yeah, for sure. So when we talk about outside the cell, you know, we think of <clears throat> outside the body. You know, a lot of people think you know skin and so on, but your nose and your mouth. There's a tube that goes from your mouth and your nose all the way through your body, in a roundabout way in your, your central area, and then it ends at your butt. And that is outside your body, basically. That tube is protected by all sorts of different types of cells, and those cells' job is to fend from outside-the-cell things like microbes and pathogens and toxins from food and parasites and what have you. So... But when you, when you consume, say, red wine, you are consuming a lot of uh, amines. So you, and you're also consuming sulfites. And, and you're also consuming, if it's not organic, truly organic, you're also consuming a, a very concentrated amount of you know, herbicides, possible pesticides, uh, and other compounds that they're spraying these berries um, and you know, grapes. And so that... that barrier and your gut is supposed to be preventing the absorption of those things but those those amines and the histamines and the tyramines that are uh, so high in some red wines especially the cheaper wines they get absorbed very very well very readily and very fast and so if you're drinking a red wine and you start getting a headache and then you start becoming irritable or you start becoming red flushed in the face and then you go to bed at night and you can't fall asleep. You're just staring at the ceiling and you scratch your arm and you got these red lines down your arm, dramatographia, right? You just scratch your arm. That's a, actually a good test that people can do. You can just take your fingers carefully and scratch your arm. So I just did it pretty hard and I've got some redness, but not very bad. Okay. And there was a time, it's very mild actually. I scratched myself pretty hard. <laughs> um, <laughs> There was a time when I would do that, you know, some people can write their name. And so, but when you drink nice. red wine or you eat citrus or you eat fish uh, or you eat um, uh, leftover food that's old or sausages or deli meats um, or uh, sauerkraut or kimchi or kombucha, all these different types of things have a lot of histamine in them. And this one particular gene that's called DAO, as you brought up, Sean, its job is to process this histamine that is outside the cell, and it's and it's located heavily inside your small intestine and other parts of your stomach, and it lives inside the lining of your small intestine. So, what do you think will happen if people have leaky gut or they have ulcerative colitis or they have well, you know, or Crohn's disease, right? If that DAO enzyme is living in that membrane inside their gut but their membrane is sloughing because they have Crohn's, then that DAO enzyme isn't there. So histamine is going to be, it's, it's, it's because it it's typically lives in that little barrier, right? But it's, you've wiped it out. So you need to really focus on healing your gut and repairing your gut. So a lot of people, what they do is, if you know, they read the book Dirty Genes, and they're like, okay, great, yeah, this makes so much sense. I, I drink wine or I eat cheese or I eat deli meats or I eat kimchi or what have you, and I'm getting these symptoms. And I do say to you know, reduce those foods and, and drinks 
for a period of time. But that's not the solution. The solution is to is to clean the gene hmm. and, and long term. So you have to find which pathogens are in your gut. Blastocystis hominis is a type of bacteria that is commonly found even in tap water these days. Um, and uh, it produces a huge amount of histamine naturally. Certain probiotics, um, like Lactobacillus fermentum, um, are really big histamine producers. So you might have a probiotic in your fridge right now that is very high in histamine, and you think you're doing yourself a service by taking these probiotic strains, because, oh, it's a probiotic, but you're actually making yourself worse. And let's say you, you're on a medication, um, uh, metformin, uh, for your diabetes, which a lot of people take, well, metformin inhibits the DAO enzyme. Hmm. So if someone is diabetic and they're they're having uh, irritability or looser stools, or, you know, because too high of histamine will cause a loose stool, and that's one of the side effects of metformin is is loose stools. And you, and then you take uh, a DAO enzyme you can buy. You know, we have one called Histamine Block. Um, or you could take a probiotic that actually degrades, it's formulated to degrade histamine, which we have called probiotic histaminics. You take these, and it will actually munch the histamine. But then you have to heal the gut. So it's, it's, a, it's a really long, involved thing, and I do get into it pretty good in, in the book. Um, but uh, just know that it's a very, very important one to focus on because you brought up neurotransmitters. And histamine is a neurotransmitter. It is. Yeah. So what are what are do you mind getting into the the two week process of of cleaning cleaning the genes? Yeah, I mean I don't I don't have it memorized offhand, um, but I'll I'll give you a rundown. Um, so on the website uh, drbenlynch.com, you can put a link to the show notes if if that's in there. Yep. Um, so drbenlynch, there's a there's a or you can go to even dirtygenes.com. Um, I think both have it, but there's a free chapter that will give you a, a, a really good um, start, starting place for free, okay? And uh, it's basically the 26 steps to clean genes or the ABCs of, of genes. Um, and I really want people focusing on, there's so many things that people focus on, like especially supplementation. Like what supplements should I take, right? But I really want people focusing on what can I remove from my life? We're so damn busy already. We're so inundated with new things to try and buy and all these things. I want you first to think, what can I avoid or what can I stop doing? So that is first. And when you start implementing that in your life, it's, it's so much easier because you're taking weights off and there's no excuse. <laughs> yes. Know? No excuse. And clutter is your enemy. You, you got to, you know, you talk about my Instagram. I took a picture of my closet and it's, you know, I got this fairly good-sized closet, and it's very, very empty and clean. And I, I didn't take a picture of my wife's. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. Yeah. Uh, not so clean. Um, but bless her heart. Uh, you know, she's a great lady, but very cluttered. And her office is very cluttered. And, you know, in my office, I try to keep very organized and tidy um, because it, it affects your mind. So you got to remove clutter, and, and you got to remove... Uh, things that are taking your time that you should be that are not fulfilling you or, or, or not important unsubscribe from all these emails that you're getting right yeah and and there, there was a, a great marketing um, email that I got the other day I forget who sent it unfortunately but there's there's two things that you do for people you either serve them or you annoy them hmm. and you know it's this podcast for example I hope we're serving you, right? So either we're taking space in your life and we're spamming you by giving you a bunch of advertorials and you know and pitching things left and right, and you're like, well, this isn't serving me. I'm going to turn it off. Or we're giving you such credible or useful information that's practical for you that you're going to keep listening. So you have to avoid these types of things, and it is you do have the powerhouse. So I would say that the first place is, is avoidance and. And I really want to emphasize that. And I just want to leave it at that, if I may, Sean. Yeah. Um, because it's such a, a big practical tip. You can clean your closet, give stuff, you know, you know, to goodwill. Um, you can clean your desk. You can, when your boss comes up to you and, uh, you know, asks you to work uh, during the weekend, you say, you know, actually, I've, I've got family and uh, i got to take care of my own health. So otherwise, if you burden me too much, I'm going to get sick and 
actually, I'm going to cost you even more headaches because I'll be sick the whole next week. Yeah. So no, I'm not going to work this weekend. Be firm, stand up. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, um, in order for us to add in effectively in our life, um, we have to remove, we have to, we have to have a better baselines. It's something that I've advocated and that I'm actually creating a protocol around currently to, to, to fast in a certain way, to, to abstain from the things that are just building up and building up, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes for five, 10, 20 years, you don't even notice that this is the right. habit that you've, that you've accumulated. You don't know that you've, um, that you've just got this overflowing rain barrel of shit in your life. Um, the step one is to take an assessment. You know, the, the, the uh, Marie, Marie Kondo, um, yeah. like right. that sort of approach. Like if does it bring you joy, if it doesn't bring you joy, then just release it. Uh, are, are you, do you ever do personally and are you a fan of like um, um, 24 hour or longer fasts? Like, is that part of, part of what you, what you advocate for? Um, case by if, case. If, yeah. I mean, I've, I've, uh, I will try to do that and I've done it, um, but I haven't done it recently. Um, and, uh, you know, there was when I fly typically, and I, I haven't flown quite a while cause I, I've said no to conferences, um, because I, I felt that I was being away from my family too much. So, uh, I said no. And, and that was very hard to do. Um, you know, I really enjoy speaking. I really enjoy traveling, but when I see my kids and my wife, not happy with that. It's, you know, I had to say no. Um, and it took a year and a half for all those planned conferences to be over. Um, (laughs) but it finally happened. Um, so when I flew, I would typically fast and there would be times, Sean, where I'd be traveling and I could not find food, food. I couldn't find food. Uh, and I, instead of eating, I would fast. And, uh, it's much easier for me to fast when I'm alone than when I'm around people eating, right? Yeah. So if I'm in my hotel room or what have you, I can just drink water and I'm good. But if I'm around my kids or I smell it or I see it, it's, you know, the 40% of our digestion or so uh, is is seeing and smelling and hearing food being prepared. And uh, so my digestion starts going and then I get hungry. Mm-hmm. And then if I get hungry, I eat. I, I, I don't, I don't hold myself back because I've done that once before where there was a one year I did the Panchakarma uh, Ayurveda um, practice where I really detoxed and I, I didn't eat for uh, probably three or four days and, and um, did the massage and sauna and all that. And I felt really, really, really good. The best I ever felt in my whole life. It was phenomenal. And then I said, okay, I'm going to do it again next year. And then next year I did it. I did it for longer but I also worked and I did landscape construction. So I did very physical work and I destroyed myself, hmm. totally destroyed myself, ate my muscles, was totally weak. And it took me years to recover um, from that. So I'm really keenly aware that if I'm hungry, I will eat because I'm not going to put my body through that stress again. Hmm. Interesting. Um, one really popular topic, um, one something that you cover frequently that's become, you know, it's funny. I, I, before I ask these questions, I think about like, oh, it's this really, really, really uh, popular topic. Well, for the bubble that I live in, which is like nutrition and fitness and performance, like methylation is like a big deal. And I forget that not everybody understands what methylation is. So for me, it's a big deal. I know it's something that you talk about really, uh, really thoroughly. Can you sort of explain to us the process of methylation, why it matters? Um, just sort of give us a, a really, a really high level view of, of the importance of methylation. Yeah. So first, you, you know, it's a, it's a science word, you know, and, and so when we hear new words like that, we, we tend to just turn off <laughs> when, we, when we learn anything new, it takes energy and our reptilian brain thinks, oh, I, I got to conserve energy, so I'm going to tune out because I actually need to forage for food and use the energy for that versus learning what methylation is. So we, we immediately just have this primal instinct of just turning off. Well, don't turn off. It's just a word, you know. And, uh, you know, it's like when my kid says, Dad, that's fire. It's like, what do you mean that's fire? It's like, oh, what do you mean? It's like, does that mean like it's cool or something? 
Yeah. So it's it's just another word. Yeah. So and and uh, I can't. It's not rad or cool or far out. It's things are fire now. It's fire. Yeah, it's fire. Um, so and they said a new one the other day. So here's a new one: methylation. So I was like, yeah. just look at my son and say, "Yeah, man, it's methylation." Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's basically a, methylation is an action, and we have all sorts of processes going on in our body all the time, all day, all night. And the only time when this process stops is, is when you're dead, right? So, you know, and, and methylation is occurring basically in every cell in your body, and it, it's doing certain things. And for the mo most part, what methylation is doing is, is actually silencing genes. So if a, if a gene is always on, then it's always working. And if you're always on, Sean, and you're always working, what's going to happen to you? I burn out real quick. Burn out real quick. So genes, it's, 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 it's like conservation of mass, you know, your conservation of energy. You, you have to conserve energy. You have to conserve resources. If you have a gene uh, for producing dopamine that is always on, you're going to have too much dopamine. If you're going to have a gene for dopamine that it clears out dopamine all the time on, then you're going to have no dopamine. So methylation is occurring on and off just constantly. It's on when you need it. It's, you know, methylation is removed when, when you need the function to happen and methylation and, and vice versa. So that's number one. And, and give you an example, nucleus houses all of our uh, DNA. And our DNA is what make us individually unique, right? So I've got my finger here. And within my finger are, there's gonna be a nucleus in some of these cells for creating dopamine or hair or a leg or a penis or, you know, an eyeball. And that would be pretty weird if those genes in, in my finger were producing that stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they're turned off. <laughs> so methylation turned those off. And what's a state of methylation that is uncontrolled um, is cancer. So that's a primary thing which I really want people to focus on with methylation. So it's very, very important. Um, and then another action of, of methylation is changing things. So when you, when you, the term methylation, it's taking a, a methyl group, which is a very simple compound and it's giving it to a different compound and it's changing its shape. And in the human body, as you talked with Dr. Bruce Lipton, as you change shape, it changes the action. So if my fingers are like this, I could catch a ball. But if I'm playing baseball, like I'm holding a pencil, it's not going to work very well. The ball is just going to hit my hand. So your body will change the shape of compounds, and it will do that by giving methyl groups or other things. So dopamine, for example, uh, once it gets methylated, it becomes something else. Once histamine gets methylated, it becomes something else. So that's all you need to know is just the act of methylation just changes the shape of the compound so it then has a different role and then the body will deal with it a different way. Is that something that we should be thinking about? Is that something that we should be supplementing for or changing behaviors around to optimize? Uh, yes, but it's not, you know, anytime someone learns about something new, a lot of people will go all in and it's classified as a fad, right? So ketogenic diet right now, huge. Intermittent fasting right now, huge. Well, they've been around for thousands of years, basically. People have been, you know, humankind has been fasting and doing ketogenic diet for a long time. It's not a fad, but it's it's just everybody just so focused on it. So, and when you learn about methylation and you learn that you don't want to get cancer or you, you learn that you, you don't uh, want to uh, have your histamine too high so you're going to support methylation or you learn that you have empty Jafar and your methylation may be, you know, more sluggish you start focusing too heavily on the methylation. It's just one thing. It's, you know, it's the, it's the short handled Phillips screwdriver in your garage that is along with all the other different types of screwdrivers and drills and, and hammers and nail guns and what have you in your shop, you know? So it's just another tool. So should you focus on it? No. Should you be aware about it? Absolutely. Um, can you test for it? Yes, you can. Um, so a very simple way is checking your homocysteine. So you go to your doctor and say, doc, you know, I, I, I learned that I need to check my homocysteine 
Uh, you know, I got cardiovascular disease risk in my family. I have, you know, bipolar, schizophrenia uh, issues in my family. Um, you know, what have you, and, and you just want to check it. And so you go to the doctor, and they check your homocysteine, and it comes back, and it's 14 micromoles per, per liter. And and it's the lab says it's within the normal range because it's less than 15. 14 ain't normal. Hmm. 14 might be normal for a sick population that eats the standard American diet, but 14 is not normal. You want to be around seven, okay, six, seven, good. And so if your homocysteine is above that, then your methylation status is not good. It's, it's, it's sluggish. And if your homocysteine levels are high, then what's going to happen is your ability to clear your histamine goes down. The ability to clear your dopamine and norepinephrine go down. The homocysteine is also a toxic compound, and it will destroy <clears throat> compounds like glutathione, which you need for detoxification and getting your formaldehyde and chlorine and, and uh, arsenic. And so that gets damaged. So it's, it's a huge issue. Um, so, but checking your homocysteine level is very easy. It's very inexpensive. And I know there's a lot of talk uh, from other practitioners that the way to check your, your methylation is to check histamine. And histamine is not the way to check your, your methylation status um, because it's, well, the half-life of histamine is very fast. It's, it's like a minute. And if you do urinary histamine, it's, it's even worthless, more worthless, because urinary histamine is looking at the amount of histamine that's coming from your stomach or your digestive system. Um, so, you know, if you could have anaphylaxis, you know, a severe uh, high histamine reaction, and the doctor could check your histamine levels right after, and they could be normal. Huh. So if you, on the off chance, that your histamine levels are elevated, you know, then that could be a sign that your methylation status is a bit sluggish. But homocysteine is better. Is it I, the best way? No, but it's the most, uh, it's the easiest and it's the least expensive. Um, and then another reason why I'm going to say that histamine is not useful for methylation status is because you have to understand that histamine, it can get methylated. And it becomes what's called methylhistamine. Imagine that. So methylated histamine is called methylhistamine. And if methylhistamine has to get processed by another gene, and if it, if it can't get processed, that methylhistamine accumulates, and it will actually tell the gene up above to stop making methylhistamine. So you could have all the methylation supports you want, but if you're, you're methylating histamine and making methylhistamine, but you don't have enough riboflavin or vitamin B1 or vitamin B3 to, to remove that methylhistamine, then you're going to have high histamine. Interesting. And it's not methylated uh, result of uh, in, insufficient methylation at all. It's a result of other dirty genes. Can, do, do you go get your homocysteine levels checked like in a basic blood draw? Yes. yes Got it. You can. Got it. And uh, it's best to do it uh, fasting. So if you do, let's say you have a, a, a dinner, you know, a normal meal in the evening, you wake up the next day and you, you get a fasting blood draw. Um, you can have a challenged homocysteine test where maybe you chow on a whole bunch, you know, you, a steak or what have you, and then you, you, you want to see, it's called methionine loading. So you can have a methionine loading because methionine will become homocysteine and uh, see how your body adapts to it. And uh, that is also another good way. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you a little story on that. I had a, a presentation or a conference in Texas. And what do you do when you're in Texas? You eat steak, man. You eat steak. <laughs> and I was offered to go to a Brazilian steakhouse. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> and uh, I go there and I'm, I get a salad and a soup. And he's like, what are you doing? And uh, I said, well, I'm, I'm getting my greens. And he goes, no, 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 you don't, you don't eat that here. I'm like, okay. So I sit down, and I've never been to a Brazilian steakhouse before. And I, I had this little sticker, and it was green on my, my table. And they was like, would you like a filet mignon wrapped in bacon? <laughs> Am I breathing? <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, he puts that on there, and another guy comes by, and he's like, would you like this? And uh, my, I'm just starting to get this huge pile of food on my plate. And my friend goes, and I, I look at the server in fear, you know, because I can't eat all this. 
and my friend just turned your card over so it was red so then i ate it all i was there for five hours sean five hours i left that place and i got my money's worth i tell you i was probably on the do not invite back list and i had the meat sweats and i was so high homocysteine hmm. is it protein is methionine so i was chowing on on methionine turning it into homocysteine and I had empty Jafar. I didn't eat salad. All I ate was steak. And my homocysteine shot through the roof. I took the following day, I took probably 12 milligrams of methylfolate. And I felt better and better every time I took I took it in, in divided doses. I took a milligram with B12 over, you know, like every hour on the hour for about 12 hours the next day to knock my homocysteine down. And uh, was it worth it? Yeah, it was. <laughs> it just my methylation. Well, I, one of my questions for you, you know, we talked about sort of a fad. Fad's a, fad's a nasty word for those because sometimes fads are important to consider. Um, I'm sure you're familiar with the carnivore approach. Yep. Um, yeah, Paul Saldino, great guy. Yep. I've got Paul coming up on the podcast in a couple of weeks as well. Um, what, what's your, have you seen it work for, for, uh, clients and, 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 and people that you work with? Have you yeah. experimented with it? What's, yeah. what's your take on it? Hey, I, I think that if something's working for you, go for it. You know, Paul looks great. You know, Paul is, you know, I met Paul, we went surfing, um, together and, and, uh, Mike Musselin, you know, introduced him to me. Great guy, super healthy. Um, super fit, and he came over to the home with with uh, uh, uncooked raw. I think it was a top sirloin, and it was in a and he he seasoned it with some sea salt. And uh, we probably had ten boys over at that because I got three boys and their friends were over. And there's Paul, you know, he chopped and he's like, "Hey boys, we'd like some raw steak," and they're like, "Ew." And uh, they saw me try it, and uh, I ate it, and. Uh, it was really good and uh, I felt really good and I had raw liver and, and uh, tried that and I was also thinking well what kind of microbes am I introducing right now mm -hmm. um, but I, I think the carnivore diet is, is going to be very very useful for some people you know it's, it's and so can the vegan diet and vegetarian diet for some people but I, I got to tell you Sean that there's been a number of people where you know like women who are runners or cross-country they're they're adolescent teenagers and I would have them as patients because uh, they weren't menstruating. And the mom is really nervous that her daughter is 16 years old and she's never had a, uh, a menstruation, you know, she's never menstruated. And so the doctor was going to put her on all these hormones to get her to menstruate. And I was like, well, first question out of my mouth is, is your daughter an athlete? Yes. Is she a high-level athlete? Yes. Does she eat protein? Eh, not really. Okay, well, let's let's you know talk to her coach and reduce the running and increase the meat and and the uh, the protein in her life and and what happens? She menstruates. Yeah, you know. So I, I think the carnivore diet is a great thing for people, and I've I've read some uh, phenomenal results from people, and I've heard great results. And um, can I just eat only meat? Me personally, no, I couldn't. Um, but Paul has great points, which you'll share with your audience, and and uh, you know oxalates and uh, all these anti-food nutrients and, and veggies. Um, but in short, I think it's, uh, I think it's feasible, but I, I also want to say that everything in moderation, would I live uh, my entire life on a carnivore diet? No. Um, but maybe I would do it for a month or two. If it works for you and it reduces your symptoms of fibromyalgia and gets your gut figured out, cool, try it. I mean, that's, I mean, that's just uh, reasonable advice. So I want to uh, I want to talk about this this Instagram post uh, that uh, was amazing. So I've been following you for a while, and it's you know it's fall in the Pacific Northwest where we live, and um, everybody's sick. I have a six and a half and a three and a half year old, and everybody's got got different bugs and stuff. And you posted this thing said first signs of getting sick: stop eating for the day. Don't exercise, don't go to work, stay home or go home, take 100,000 IUs of liquid vitamin A, 
take 50,000 IUs of vitamin D3 with K2, take 15 milligrams of zinc via lozenge, drink electrolytes, fill water bottle with filtered water, dress very warmly, go to sleep with lots of blankets. Everybody in my house was sick and I'm like looking at my watch thinking, all right, when's, you know, when's my time coming? It's going to be probably six hours from now because everybody's, you know, the, the kids are home from school and we're getting dinner going. Like, And then sure as shit, like three hours in, like I started to get that tickle in my nose and it hit me hard. Um, started to like get congested, um, increased mucus. And I, and I followed this. I mean, not all of it. Um, I didn't need to go to sleep. Uh, I wasn't going to exercise anyway, but I looked at, uh, uh, I, I purchased some, some vitamin A, um, and vi- uh, D3 with K2. I did this and was fully expecting to wake up with at least some like pre cold onset, cold symptoms, some congestion. And I woke up and felt like a million bucks. Mm. I felt amazing. Yeah. And my and my wife, poor thing, she's like she's like, What I saw yeah. you in the cabinet. Like, what were you taking? Why why are you so chipper today? And I said, I told you, I told you I was gonna do this and I offered for you to do it. You didn't do it. Like, I feel amazing. Yeah. What um for that was just that's just for me to say thank you for that for that yeah. piece of of advice and that protocol. What is it about a hundred thousand IU's of liquid vitamin A? What is it about fifty thousand IU's of D three with K two? Like why why does this work? <laughs> How does well, this work? Yeah, well, great, and and uh, you're welcome, and 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 also thank you for for doing it, you know, and giving it a shot. And you know, I share these things in, in my books and social media and what have you to help people, but people need to take action. You can't yeah. just read something. You actually have to do something. And so good job that you actually did it and, and felt the results from it. Um, so what is it? The, the exact mechanisms, I, I can't tell you, um, but I will tell you generally that, uh, one, it's, it's a lot of clinical experience um, that I, I've been doing this for a long time. And uh, I learned it from uh, Dr. Bill Ray, uh, who is a, one of the top leading clinical ecologists and environmental medical docs in the world. And uh, I preceptored with him when I was still in med school. And I, I saw this little thing. I've modified it um, more naturopathic. He's an MD and he's, he's passed on, unfortunately, um, now. But um, that's where I learned it from. And, and so imagine if you have a, an army and you're going to go to war and you've got 500 uh you know, soldiers out there, but 50 of them have guns. You know, not a, not a very good army. So anytime you're starting to get sick, your immune system ramps up and you're starting to produce all these immune cells and they're getting ready to go to war. And to me, the vitamin A and the zinc and the D and the C and you not eating and you by not exercising or working out or, or dealing with concentrating because concentrating at work yeah. Is using nutrients and energy. And so by you conserving energy, it's allowing the energy of your immune system and those and those nutrients are are loading up your immune system to be able to proliferate like crazy. And then the pathogens go, whoa, crap. <laughs> and they just get inundated. And uh, that that's that's basically what happens in in very unscientific speak. It's beautiful. Uh, you know, you look at the you look at the suggested dosage on the the the, the things that I picked up at the store, uh, and it was like the suggested dose for the liquid vitamin A was like um, was like ten thousand IU's. So I'm like, right. this is ten thousand. I'm going to do ten x. Yes, Doctor Ben. Doctor Ben wants me to do ten x. What this is? Okay, shit. So boop, 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 extra drops. Same thing with the D, with the D3 with K2. It was like, you know, one drop. So I had to 10X that as well. Right. And there was, there was a moment there where I thought, you know, like, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to assume that, that this is going to work and that he knows what he's talking about. And he's, he's used this protocol for, for lots of other people with success. Yep. Otherwise, he wouldn't be posting this shit. No. And, uh, and, and it, and it worked like, crazy it worked i woke up feeling really good the next day i actually i actually did i i didn't exercise i fasted until dinner the next day 
um, which was probably, you know, it was probably about a 24 hour fast. You know, I took it easy. I kind of chilled. I, I laid low. Um, I did a, a, a zinc lossage, but I did another cycle of the, especially the vitamin A and the D3 with K2, drink, drink a lot of water. Um, and was that a good idea to continue it on the second day? Is that yes. okay? Yeah, it's, it's, you do it for a max of three days. Got it. So yes, it's very high dose, you know, and, and good for you to, to, to question that. It's always good to question uh, stuff you read on the internet, you know. Um, but I am putting my butt on the line by telling people to take 10x, you know, uh, the amount here. You know, if you're pregnant, don't do that. Right. Um, you know, if it's a young child, don't give them that much, right? And I, I did explain that. Um, if you're breastfeeding, you got to cut the vitamin A down too, because these are fat-soluble vitamins, and they can become toxic in high amounts. But again, you need to think about this. When you go to war, uh, you are you are using resources. You know, you, your your immune system is is chowing that vitamin A, it's chowing that zinc, and it's chowing the D3. And so, while you're giving them those nutrients, they're using them all. And then, once you're not sick anymore. You stop taking it. You don't need it. And your body doesn't need it. If you kept taking the nutrients that your body doesn't need anymore, you're going to have an excess amount and you're going to get sick. So all this fear of fat-soluble vitamins, it is, it is appropriate to be, to be mindful of, of taking an excessive amount of fat-soluble vitamins because they're stored and it takes longer for your body to get rid of them. But when your body needs them, it's the time to load up. Yeah. And then you stop. And I talk about this in the book, Dirty Genes. It's called the Pulse Method. And a lot of people think that supplementation is something that you do every day, but the definition of supplement is, is to add to or enhance. So when you supplement with vitamin A or D or zinc or C, you're adding and you're enhancing your immune system during that period of time, and then you stop. Yeah, and, and let, me, let me expand really quickly on the, the why no eating. Yeah. Um, so when you are feeling that you're going to get sick, don't eat. And don't exercise and don't think. Uh, don't, don't, you know, you can read a fiction book or maybe watch TV or what have you all bundled up. Um, but when you move excessively or when you move and you eat, you are using energy. When you're thinking, you're using energy. And energy is ATP. And energy is, is, is driven by your mitochondria. And energy is fueled by oxygen. So when you breathe, you're, you're breathing in the oxygen and your body will convert that to energy. Now, when you're sick, you get tired, right? And sometimes you're walking down the store and you're like, you caught the cold. You just like, you take another step. You're like, whoa, yeah. what hit me, right? And you're like this and you become instantly fatigued. Your body has shifted from caring about you having energy to slowing that oxygen. Instead of taking that oxygen to make energy, it's taking that oxygen to make reactive oxygen species to kill pathogens. So it's, it's, it's stealing your oxygen to fight infections. So it uses oxygen as a weapon against path, pathogens, nitric oxide, peroxynitrate, hydroxyls. These are nasty compounds that are made from oxygen that destroy pathogens. But you're exhausted. Yes, because that same oxygen that you use for ATP is not being utilized because you're killing things. So take it easy. And you have more reactive oxygen species to kill stuff. Beautiful, wonderful advice. So practical. I mean that that that's <laughs> that's worth the price of admission. Um, yeah, so that's also why elite athletes get sick. Yeah, and 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 just trash themselves. Yeah, and yeah, and it for sure it take take extra long to recover. You know, even when even when you're elite level performance physically mentally like yeah you still get knocked out because all of that extra energy is being put put in place to you know arm your army so that they can do their do their thing yeah and then so, they go mind over matter and they push it harder yeah yeah um so yeah i mean you can you can find the book i'll just plug it for you um uh the website is drbenlynch.com uh the website for the book is is it dirtygenes.com yep you can get it anywhere. I like to, I like to, I like to come finish each episode with, uh, with a fill in the blank question, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. This is can be specific to genes. This can be whatever, whatever sort of universal wisdom wisdom that you have. Um, uh, and feel free to expand as much as you'd like. Uh, but if you would please fill in the blank. 
everyone would benefit from knowing. Hmm. Wow. Everyone would benefit from knowing that you have skills in some things and not in others, and that's okay. And don't beat yourself up when you don't have the ability or capability to learn something or apply something that you are not designed for. You know, I see my kids in school and they are stressing out because they don't comprehend this, maybe a certain subject, but then they kick ass in a different type of subject. So, you know, I, I think as, as we started out this conversation today, that we are our own worst enemy sometimes. And so just be mindful that you are a unique individual and you have amazing strengths, harness those. And if you have some weaknesses that are affecting others in your relationship or, or for yourself, strengthen those. But if you have other types of weaknesses that are not really that important that they're weak, let them go, let them go. That's excellent. That's unlike, that's an, unlike any of the other answers that we've heard so far. That's really great. Dr. Ben Lynch, thank you so much for joining us today on the Optimal Performance Podcast. Pleasure, man. Thank you.